Welcome to BitStorm, a comedy game design podcast by two guys who know nothing about comedy nor game design. I'm Ben Slinger, and with me as always is Trevor Scott. Yes, I am. I noticed that you said welcome a little bit welcome, a little bit weird, not a little bit welcome. It wasn't welcome. Remember, we, just, oh, we discussed last week, I it was welcome. Really have, to, <laughs> really have to pronounce that H in there, huh? Yeah. Welcome, 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 welcome. Klingon, Klingon. We'll, we'll do the rest of the podcast in Klingon. Uh, but translated. Hey. <laughs> yeah. So if there's any weird grammar, it's because this podcast has been translated from Klingon into English. Uh, hey, we're going to play some click pitch. Do you want to tell the folks? All the way from the start, and we're not going to like do a, a pitch like you said that you're going to try and up your game? <laughs> I, I just left my game alone. It's still at the same level it was, you know, which is kind of, which is pretty up there already, to be yeah. honest. <laughs> I gotta say, I, I I laugh when I'm when I'm editing. <laughs> no, I don't. Ha- I don't have a pitch particularly. So the name of the game is Click Pitch. We've both got a random word generator. We're gonna count down three, two, one, click. Gonna click refresh. We're gonna mash those two words together into a bit of a game pace, <laughs> and then gobble it up. We're going to gobble our own game paste. Yep. Let's do it. Three, two, one, click. Roadblock. Trapping. Oh, okay. Well, that kind of makes sense. Yeah, look, I, I, I'm i sort of thinking need for speedish, but you're, you know, you're playing the cops or you're playing the- Yeah. You're trying to stop cars rather than playing the cars. Yeah, I kind of like that idea. I, I think I'd like to actually- Think of it like a um, a Fast and the Furious. If you if you think of the first movie, like mm-hmm. um, one of the guys was supposed to be an undercover FBI agent. So the idea yep. that um, he you play like the undercover FBI agent or something like that, trying to steer people into roadblocks, like during during races and stuff like that. I think that. Could, oh, so you're still driving. You're still driving, and you're trying not to get caught, but you're also trying to take some of your competition out by getting them like to turn down a turn down a street where there's a roadblock roadblock that you've set up. Right. So a little bit of a little bit of uh, what's the like burnout attacking stuff, but yeah. instead of just trying to destroy them, you're trying to like strategically guide them to the police. Um, yeah. Look, that could be interesting. It's almost a bit of a yeah, kind of that that herding aspect of like a strategic racing game where your goal isn't just to win. It's not just to come first. You kind of have these other yeah, and you could take this out into 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 bigger things, I guess. Where yeah, it's just racing games, but you've got these like little side quests that kind of push the story along. Um or something or like affect other parts of the game. So yeah, I kinda of like this idea that uh, this idea that you're uh, an FBI agent undercover and so it could be different things like it's yeah it's like make sure you you uh head at least you know three people this race down towards our roadblocks um or it's make sure you destroy this particular you know building damage this building in a certain way um make it look like an accident <laughs> like make it look oh, like make it look like part of the race but you know we know that there's a there's a drug den there or something and and we need to get rid of it. 
um, crash through this crack house and and you know take out these foundation points so that it crumbles down to the ground. Oh, and yeah. win the race. <laughs> well, I think I think that I think it doesn't matter. Well, yeah, maybe you win. Maybe you have to get at least you have to place high enough that your reputation doesn't go down so much that they start suspecting <laughs> that you're uh, not all you cracked up to be. So what I like about the um, the the hurting people down towards a roadblock and all that sort of stuff and, and like getting them um, sort of captured is, you know, throughout the story, all of a sudden you start getting, um, you know, you capture more people. So the police send more un- undercover agents. So it's like basically almost like a reverse nemesis system. You're trying to put your, um, trying to put all your undercover office- officers into, into position <laughs> just by taking out <laughs> the, the non undercover officers. Right. Right. Oh, I see. I see. So you, <laughs> Right, uh, so you end up with like you have the, the whole this whole like race team, underground race team, being like ninety percent your people, ninety percent your people, just, and they're all still doing all of this illegal shit. They're all still doing all the racist and stuff, and it's all just a takedown that like those last top three people in this uh, criminal organization. What what I think would be a, a great end to it is is if you found out that it was like the um, the ATF or something like that were. Or rival agency were were the other half of it, and it was all you were trying to sting each other. <laughs> there are no criminals left. That's what happens when government agencies compete and don't share information. <laughs> there was this one criminal, and uh, they they got away. They got away in all the the uh, the diversion when you all started shooting at each other. Or you fired him at the start. <laughs> <laughs> it was the one the one person who wasn't actually hired by the US government. Mm-hmm. Oh, God, that's right. funny. Three, two, one, click. Yep. Margin. Seasoning. Hmm. Margin is is interesting. There are a few places you could go with that. I mean, what came into my head straight away was quite often what I use the margins for is to, like, doodle in. Yes. Yeah. And I just- had this image of my doodle coming to life and sort of roaming around through this book that could have something to do with, like, maybe it's a cookbook that it's sort of is going on <laughs> on this adventure through. Uh, yeah, I, I look, I, I thought of that too. I thought of doodles in the margins. Um, uh, there's got to, I feel like there's got to be something because, like, I like that idea, but it's, I feel like it's been done it, or, or it's just that sort of classic thing of, Oh, you're in like a world full of sketchy, um, you know, doodle drawings, and yeah, I feel like we've got to mix that up a bit. Like, how can we? Uh, maybe it is that idea of this character that that someone doodled in the margins of their cookbook. I like the idea of a cookbook, but it's more of a it, that that could just be the kicking off point of and and here are the adventures that this person has throughout the cookbook. Okay, like maybe. The, Maybe it's a maybe it's a someone who's you know actually fairly creative in a lot of different ways, and so on every page of this cookbook they've sort of drawn this character in different situations, and that's just the start of the level, and it sort of fades into it, but then it becomes a bit more of a traditionally drawn either two D or three D game, but it's themed around the recipe. <laughs> so, what if this wasn't a traditional cookbook, but it was actually a potions spellbook? From the Harry Potter universe, and oh, specifically from the Harry Potter universe. Well, okay, I'm I'm picturing like you got sort of Snape and 
whoever's whoever's teaching potions or whatever. Um, yep. And it's all going um, sort of nice. Something gets sprinkled on the on this doodle, and it comes to life. And then okay, it's, and it's so now this potions book basically has a sentient being inside it. But again, I like your idea of it's just it's the the doodles that you see on this uh, on this um book, which it could be like if you remember the um the sixth uh, book or mm-hmm. the sixth movie, you know, the Half Blood Prince, Prince, yeah. where Harry ends up using like the um the book that's actually within the actual uh, classroom itself. Um, instead of the new book, because he didn't actually have his books at yep. the at the time. Yep. So I like the idea that it's you know fully fully written in all this sort of stuff, but it's it's like another book. It wasn't the one that Harry got. It was just another one. It's just got lots of like drawings of of like characters and like dicks galore yeah, and all this sort of stuff. It's, it's like someone, nothing, it's, nothing actually useful. It's someone who is a bit more create like just yeah like daydreaming and. <laughs> wizard dicks in there. <laughs> they all come to life. <laughs> yeah, because like maybe, it Harry- like maybe it was <laughs> maybe it was Harry's dad's book because um, he seemed like a bit of a fucking class clown. Um, and so yeah, during potions class, while Snape's over there like creating new, uh, creating new and amazing potions and and figuring out better ways to create all the potions in this book, James Potter is just sitting there. Drawing dicks and characters like <laughs> dick dragons, um, and yeah, and so then, <laughs> and then that's just the framing story for the actual adventures. Like the levels themselves are, um, you know, Got nothing to the do love, with that. The love, the love potion level, <laughs> and on that page, he drew this character, uh, you know, with a sword and I don't know. <laughs> A Cupid's bow and arrow. And so it's, you know, you base the. It's almost a bit of a. You could almost have it be a bit of a bit like with the Rayman Legends games where yep. they've just got all sort of the bunch of paintings and each one's themed differently. But these are, yeah, they're themed around spells and recipes. I like it. All right, let's go here. Take a look. <laughs> Trevor, are you a grower or a shower? Um, I'm a verdict. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's your word, verdict? Yeah, Mine's verdict. grower. Mine's a grower. <laughs> Maybe this is a court case where the verdict comes down to whether someone is a grower or a shower. <laughs> oh, like, how, how large did their penis look while flaccid? <laughs> God. Um, I mean, when you started laughing, I started thinking, oh, please, please don't say something about, like, a dick measuring competition or something like that. Where Well, now you've just said it. Oh damn it! <laughs> and so is it the like you're the judge <laughs> delivering the verdict? How uh, you're you're, determ- <laughs> you're determining? It's like no, that measurement wasn't taken from the base of the shaft. You took it from the tip of your pubic hair. You are disqualified. You know, just because just because you've you've trimmed your pubic hair and it looks bigger. Sorry, but this other person actually wins. Uh, by a hair. No by pun head. intended. By, by a head. By a single urethra. I thought you said it makes by sense. a hair as in like a, a rabbit sort of thing. Yeah. This, this guy has a rabbit in his pants and it's huge. We call him the hair because he has a literal rabbit in his pants. I don't know. <laughs> right. Oh man! Tonight. For that. All right. Three, two, one. Click.
taunting outcry. <clears throat> All right. All right. My, my mind goes to high school because there's a lot of taunting that happens in high school. Teasing, bullying. Mm-hmm. Maybe this is a story about a high school student who is is being bullied and they're running they're they're running from their bullies and they slide in a pool of toxic waste and they they wake up and they find that they have extreme voice powers and they call themselves outcry that's their superhero name okay and you get to get back at all your bullies or maybe you just like are dealing with your secret identity of being a superhero in high school, Spider-Man style. What would the powers be? What would what sort of voice powers could you get that would be an interesting metaphor for high school? <laughs> it just depends. Do we want to go violent? It's just like they scream and heads explode. Yeah, or I don't, is it some I don't sort think of that needs mind to be control? that needs to be right. I think yeah, some mind control stuff might work. Yeah, I was thinking you can you can probably go mind control or you can um go like deep rumblings in which you can sort of I don't know whether whether it be cause tremors or or something like that. Mm, just like affect things around you with yeah. your vocal cords. Yeah, so you can you can go really, really high and smash windows, you can Go really, yeah. really low and, and vibrate things towards you. And you can uh, you can sing the brown note and just everyone shits their pants. But then wouldn't the game just be called brown, <laughs> brown note? <laughs> well, I mean, it's that's the twist at the end. Oh, so the sequel is Outcry 2, the brown note. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> the... <laughs> the, uh, the aftermath of the brown note. And then you're just in a world... The it's wave, the, it's the, the note that was heard around the note that was heard around the world, and everything's just covered in feces. And then it's actually it's actually a post-apocalyptic story. Oh God! <laughs> After the shit wave, year three. Do you, do you remember where you were on Seven <laughs> Eleven? The day that we all. Bought things from Seven Eleven and shit our pants. That's at least that's what they all blame it on because they didn't know about Outcry's powers. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I was, I was kind of. I was always picturing a bit of a Life is Strange vibe with a bit of a story based stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, she's got powers in that in in a sort of more like not in a superhero way, as in she doesn't go and put on a fucking spandex suit or whatever. But I like the idea of of playing through a kind of adventurous game where you do address some of those issues around high school and just bring in some cool superhero stuff. And, um, yeah. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. Three, two, one, click. All right. Slumber. Poverty. It's mm. a tricky one. Just to be funny about. <laughs> well, it doesn't have, it doesn't have to be um, funny, if you know what I mean. Maybe no, you can have some some lighthearted sort of moments in which, you know, I'm I'm picturing like you're playing a homeless guy on the street. Yeah, and it's it's like a 
a day in the life sort of adventure game of like just the stories that um that this this person is able to to sort of talk to these people about yeah so there are a few ways you could take it and obviously you need to be sensitive of the subject matter mm-hmm. um and yeah i guess the one thing i'd be wary of is romanticizing the homeless experience in any way but at the same time i think it's in, it is important to give a character like that the dignity they deserve too. So yes. yeah, I think there is definitely stories to be told there. And yeah, part of it could be this guy gets to meet all these different people and they treat him in various ways. And, you know, you can explore how that, how that plays out. Um, and then you can go into some of the sort of deeper stuff of like the systemic issues that got him there and like having to deal with bureaucracy, you know, of things like, Oh, you can't do this unless you've got, you know, some ID um, but you can't get ID unless, you know, you've got some money or whatever, or, you know, there's, there's all this stuff address. that really, or an address, well, exactly, or an address. That's a big one, obviously. Um, yeah. And, and those sorts of things that really, um, that really keep people like that down, unfortunately, um, and make it hard to get out of those situations. I mean, uh, yeah. So I don't know what, what sort of gameplay are you picturing? You, you sort of said adventure game, but. So I'm picturing that, that maybe at the start, you're. Like maybe a businessman who gets some gets some bad news and sort of cuts to three months later and he's just sort of living on the streets now. So mm. you, you're sort of only new onto the streets. You you're sort of still having to sort of fall into line, um, find, uh, talking to people within the area that you've been sort of staying. Um, you know, spending some time at the soup kitchen, trying to get some food, and just I uh, uh, almost like the idea of of it being more of a graphic novel, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, I like the idea of them being new to the streets. Yeah, I, I think it, it, what needs to happen is basically you need to show how somebody's support network can just completely break down. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe maybe they are relatively isolated already and then the one person who they sort of rely on is, is killed or has to move away or is arrested or something. Um, or, or just- passes away because of you know some sort of illness that well that's what i mean yeah yeah uh and it just sort of leaves this this guy you know pretty helpless um yeah it's it's interesting because like yeah obviously as i'm you know as i'm talking about there's there's a lot of serious subject matter here and i think that game that you know games can explore that really in a really interesting way and put give you those perspectives yeah i guess it's just yeah, how do you? How's the best way to express that? You know, yeah, like a graphic novel style thing with some minor minor choices is probably a safe way to go about it. Yeah, but as with a lot of stuff we do, you know, you just got to find the right person to write it. Then someone, ideally, with some experience in that area, Again, or who we, deals with a lot the of people. ideas guy, not the actual <laughs> writer. I mean, the, the different the difference between coming up with the idea and the difference between writing the story is very different. Yeah, we're just here to advocate and say, hey. Somebody tell this story because I want to play the game <laughs> about yeah. it. All right, let's let's click again and, and see if we can get something we can really dig our teeth into. Okay. Recorder. <laughs> Genocide. <laughs> oh come on, dude. <laughs> That's what I got. All right, I'll click again. That's maybe a bit too rough. Yeah, I don't really want to dig my teeth into a genocide. Infinity. 
recorder. <laughs> Infinity recorder. Now, this probably isn't where we should take it, but when he said recorder, my mind went to the instrument that everybody plays in primary school. Yeah, um, my mind went there originally, but with you saying infinity, <laughs> I've got, you know, a, a basic idea of- Of something better? Yeah, sort of like a- um, I'm, I'm picturing, like, a an invention that someone creates called the Infinity yep. Recorder, and yep. basically it uses- um, I've just got it in my head now, like a, a massive Mobius strip. So it records mm-hmm. on on the one side of the strip that there is. Sure. What uh, I like the visual of that definitely. What are the what effect does that have then? Like, what does this thing do? Um, maybe I don't. I don't know whether this is the idea or not, but mm. I kind of like the idea that they they created this this recorder. To record someone's life. Okay. But what they found out was when you get assigned the recorder, it continues to record. And when it actually gets back to the very start, that's actually the moment of your death. Okay. Okay. So, so when it gets back along this single side of the strip. Back on the single, back along the single side to the exact moment that it started. the same point. Then, um, so okay, that's it. That's I like that. That's quite interesting. And uh, again, there's some cool visual stuff you could do there of like this, this that strip filling up with color or light or something as the recording happens, so you can kind of see, yeah, I'm, I'm picturing how far that along it's along a hologrammatic recorder. Mm. But the weird thing so, is, I, I like mm. the fact that it's like this quantum technology that, um, they don't quite understand, they've just sort of like, yeah, like stumbled across, stumbled it across it in a way, and it. Like, I could just imagine this, um, the scientist that that is first aimed to work on it. It's like, wow, it's filling yep. up with colour really, really quickly. <laughs> well, so what, that's what I was going to say. All the uh, way that's around, what, and they, they sort of like, realise straight away, it's like, oh, Jesus Christ, this guy just right. died. So, let's let's explore it a bit. Yep. So, you've just, you've just implied there, because this is what I was going to ask, is like, so it's not like it's a it's a specific length to begin with. It, it basically like it records you know it records uh, one centimeter uh, along it per week, and so if you start recording, you're going to die in a year. Um, no, no, it, right. it so it's more around. It can actually predict when you're going to die, based on when you start recording. So okay, so it's not changing. How you die or when you die? No, it it just happens to know it's when you're going to like, die. It's just like it because of it because it's got some like quantum six, entanglement, six, sixth dimensional vision of of the universe. It it starts recording and it goes, all right, I'm recording this person's life, so uh, this is this is how long I'm going to need to record for. And once I get back to the beginning, I'm done. Um, and so, I mean that, and that's interesting to start exploring that because I'm now picturing all these people like trying to figure this out but by, like, looking at, you know, measuring how fast it's filling up and extrapolating that out to the, to the you know, the length that it actually looks like and figuring out the date that that person's going to die. I, I, I kind of like the idea that it's- I know I said scientists before, but I like the idea of a guy goes into the shop to buy it and he turns it on and he goes, wow, this is filling up really quickly, steps out and gets hit by a bus, like, just as it fills up. 
So it's just a commercial product. It's a commercial product that, that it's but, like mass produced. Yeah, yeah. It's it's sort of like this um this amazing thing, and and everyone thinks that you know it's it's sort of you know it records for forever, but it turns out that yes, there is an end time. They just don't know. Um, you know, the people that they they try it with in the testing phase don't actually, you know, aren't going to die for many years. Are going to die. But like yeah. the idea of this one guy who picks it up and like it's starting to fill up really, really quickly and just steps out and gets hit by a bus and just as it fills up, it's like. Yep. That's so a- that's yeah, uh, that's an interesting idea. It reminds me of um, the Machine of Death books. Haven't read them. Sorry. Which are there? There, it's two books, and it's like I guess it's um, it's an anthology from different authors, where the only thing they were told to write about is this idea that there is this machine of death, and it's just a commonplace thing, and if you give it some of your blood, it like takes some of your blood, and it will spit out a card which tells you how you're going to die, and it's usually just a single word thing. Yeah. Um, you and I played the card game that they made. Oh yes, yes, it. yes, yes. I remember that. That yeah. was. F- fun we came up with some yeah. stupid crazy ideas <laughs> yeah so yeah in that it's it's the whole thing is like it can give you ironic answers it's always accurate but it's not always you know obvious what it's going to be um yeah. and so yeah this reminds me of that that yeah they've kind of stumbled across this technology that c- can tell anyone when they're going to die but it, but it also records um like moods, feelings. I, I like it being it's sort of like an intangible thing that it's recording. Like Okay. Alright. So yeah, there are a couple of aspects there. I do like the way this sort of world building is going just from this one device. Yeah. Because there are a few things. So there are a few things we need to think about then. Yeah, what it records, how like and the, and then how it's played back and and when like do can you play it back at any time? from what it's recording or can you only play it back once it's filled up um i like i like the idea that you can play it back at any time but the weird thing is like i like that it's a sort of like a, it's a mood recorder as such so yeah you can record the happy times it's sort of like i'm picturing like the inside out sort of balls that that sort of yeah. go down and they, they replay memories but what you get is the feeling that you were feeling at this time yeah so you're not actually replaying any visuals no or sound effects or you're literally just wait so when you play it back though do you feel that thing again you or is it represented it again, in and some way so therefore you see a slightly diminished color get recorded at that point when it's right. recording so so like so visually you kind of see the color but then if you actually play it back kind of through your own interface yeah it's, it's brain, like it's being it's a it's a copy of a copy full emotion yeah, yeah. Um, but if well, you, that's if, interesting. if you play back yeah. the original copy, obviously you're getting the, the same feeling. So if you want to, um, you know, you just witness the birth of your, of your daughter and then, mm-hmm. you know, years later, um, you can go back and relive that, that same feeling. Yeah. And which, yeah. And that's interesting because obviously for, for the person who experienced it, you know, I could imagine it that well, they they sort of do get visual aspects because that, that's pulled from their own memory, and and the fact that this is prompting their brain to feel that same feeling just enhances yeah. that in huge ways and enhances those memories. But anybody else who's trying to use that, then they don't have those memories, so all they get is the emotions. And so I could imagine some real like interesting stories that could come from that, whether it's and like from the black market of that, you know, where they're. Yeah, yeah. Well, that reminds me of um, 
What's selling that movie fear with and they're selling, um, you know, yeah, extreme sadness yeah. and thrill. Well, like and thrill seekers, like you know, the the the, the tapes of of bungee jumpers and and things are you know in in high demand because people want to be able to feel that thrill without actually putting themselves in danger. Now, now I'm picturing like a um deep web sort of thing where people have um have recorded you know the last feelings of someone who's been murdered oh yeah snuff snuff tapes yeah yeah i like that i like that and so i like that idea then that you're right like you can make copies of it but they're degraded yes so so the cheap stuff you get is like it's it's a copy of a copy of a copy of a copy um and so you still get that tinge of it but it's not it's not the good stuff it's not the good stuff. And so the most expensive stuff is obviously the originals that you can play back. And and I think by I think by design of the device, like they have to have come from someone who died. Like you cannot just take the original tape from someone that's halfway through being recorded. That person themselves can go can play it back. What what I do it's like sort of though, hooked into them is that you could maybe play a a um investigator, whether it's police or or from this company. And there's reports of this one, this one guy, who died, but his tape wasn't finished. Right. Okay. So yeah. Okay. That could be that could be the main sort of storyline then. Yeah. Yeah. I I like the idea that that you're some sort of uh, because I'm picturing this in obviously in a world where this this device this this technology has been around for a while. So all sorts of industries and things have popped up around. The fact that this is a ubiquitous thing, like yeah, ninety-five percent of people have these. You know, these um, sort of feelings are the new entertainment sort of thing. Yeah, they're the new entertainment. They're the new way to kind of appreciate your life in certain ways. To go back and remember those good times and re-experience those feelings. To really, you know, I, I'm, I'm picturing that. Um, you know, it's it's discovered that. You know, if if you go back to the feelings that you had for particular memories, you know, like I said, when they're your own memories, it kind of makes those memories stay vivid. Yeah. Um, and so it's a way for people to really remember, uh, remember the, their good memories or the memories they want to remember better, more vividly, and, and and keep them fresh. But then, yeah, there's the the secondhand market basically for people who have died, or who, for people who have made copies, which obviously, yeah, are, are less intense but still still have some of the effects there's this whole market around there and so yeah I'm, I'm always picturing you play like almost like an insurance like someone working in insurance or someone or something who uses these tapes to determine if someone legit like if someone's being fraudulent or something or like mm-hmm. if they're actually were murdered so that they get their life insurance or if they committed suicide or something you know or if someone killed them um or like, yeah, I don't know. So you're sort of having to. There is an investigative sort of uh, aspect to it. So one of the words that you said before really struck a chord with me, and it was vivid. Yeah, and it brought me back to something from quite a long time ago that we wrote a song about. Okay, called monochromatic. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I'm picturing that the aesthetic of this whole game is that it's all in black and white. The mm. only sort of color that you're getting in the in the real world is is through this infinity band that everyone has. Yep. And so you can you can see the vivid colors on there, and and in your memories everything is in vivid color. Yep. 
that you play through. You know, you can maybe play through some of the memories, but then everything in the real world is is like just this dull sort of grayscale mm. thing. I like we? that idea. I like because um, I know that we we actually wrote a song about that whole idea about going through this black and white photo album and your memories of the of the. When yeah, the photo like was taken, the, uh, bring the color to it, sort of thing. A yeah. pure color, and you realize that your life is sort of dull and meaningless, and almost is the black and white shown in the photos. Yeah, yeah. I think there's some really there'd be some really interesting uh, visuals you could do with that. So, let how what physically do you think this Infinity Band looks like? Where do they wear? Is it on their wrist? It's on is their it wrist. Like an, I think it's it's like yeah. it's like a friendship like a bracelet. bracelet. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that you that you put on and it just sort of it wraps around and just creates this perfect like Mobius strip that almost sort of floats around your wrist. Oh, okay. So it's not like a tight around your wrist or no, embedded in any way. It's actually, you know, continuously floating. Um, it's hmm. just big enough so that you can't slip over like the wrist or anything like that. Um, but basically, once it's on, it's on. Yeah, yeah. I think it's definitely a permanent thing. Until you die, basically, or yep. you know, maybe they figure out ways to do it. But so, yeah, and then and then the copying. Then I, I'm I'm thinking you can copy from live bands. Yeah, I think I think what you can do is if you want to experience someone else's happiness, you can click on, like you, you can touch the green and you feel that that emotion. That oh, okay. I was yeah. I, I like that. There's well, a physical contact sort of thing. I think I think that's good, but uh, but to have these be able to be sold, there needs to be some way that they have kind of reverse engineered it in in a way that they can get it onto you know kind of a, a like an off market version of one of these things where it's just playback, and, and maybe it has a different form factor, maybe it works a little bit differently, but yeah, that they they you know. Basically, the device itself is a complete unknown, but over the past you know fifteen years people have have reverse engineered certain aspects of it just by you know the radiation that comes off it and determine how yep. to interpret that into something that can kind of play back feelings you, you know maybe it's almost a a bit of a side hack where you you have to plug the recording into your own band like into your own infinity band and oh, yeah. it kind of via radiation affects your infinity band in some way to to kind of affect what's being written almost which then affects your actual mood do you know what i mean so i'm picturing this um i'm picturing like a back alley stall in um i'm i mean i'm saying chinatown but i'm i'm thinking you know sort of just a whole a market stall where there's basically you're in the you're in the middle of the city and you've got stalls running both sides of of the street and you see like this sort of um tucked in the back in this back alley you see this like table and this um ratty sort of i don't know tent sort of thing yep. and you see like these these slap bands with a slight of a t- slight twist <laughs> yeah that's what that's what i'm picturing that it's like there's just a slap band with a slight twist and and it's like you know well we, we've got these um these great used used um infinity bands in which you know you can experience all this happiness and and all this sort of stuff don't worry about the red at the end <laughs> sort of thing <laughs> yeah they couldn't quite clip that out so, you know, you can you can sort of slap it on your wrist, but it's only a um a temporary sort of yeah yeah knockoff. Yeah, I like that of idea of it being a slap band thing. I think you maybe have to slap it over your own infinity band in a way, like yeah, and it kind of con- it consumes it. Maybe like maybe they can't be reused, and that's why yeah, like 
if you if you've bought one of these slap band things and you want to be able to do it multiple times, you could get a device that made your own copy or copies, and you don't consume that initial one. But or each of those copies then is going to be you know lower quality. Yeah. And so yeah, the only you know the, you have these producers who have an original of a particular emotion, and they're able to make pretty high quality copies of it as long as nobody consumes that original. Um, but then you've got kind of the people downstream from that who decide, oh, I'm going to sell them as well. But they sell, you know, they're selling a copy of a copy and then someone else is selling a copy of a copy of a copy. Okay. So now that we've got our world built. Yeah. The protagonist has a friend mm-hmm. um, who who used to be their partner. And you get a phone call from them. You, you have a bit of a meeting. Um, one of the things that you notice is like got heaps and heaps of time left on their on their band. Right. But then you find out the next day that this person, that your friend has shown up, shown up murdered and their bracelet yep. is missing. Yeah. You know that the way that the quantum entanglement sort of works with this thing is he should have had a long life ahead of him. Yeah. Every, every sort of aspect should have been cared for. So, why did this happen? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like the fact that the antagonist of this is- Basically stealing time from all these people and adding it to his own right. band somehow. Yeah, okay. There's a bit of a, that Justin Timberlake movie in there. <laughs> kind of. I haven't seen that. But the, the idea- that, I mean, of- that, was, that was very explicitly, you have a certain amount of time until you yeah. die and, you, and it was used as a currency. But yeah, in this world that we're creating, that's not the case. It's, it's just an indicator, an indicator and it's these emotions that are being sold. But yeah, someone's figured out how to- well, hmm, game the I don't system know. and actually, I don't know. I don't know about that. I don't know about that because I feel like then that's that's meaning that these bands have too much of an effect on the on, and how they actually are going to die, as opposed to kind of just measuring it and recording things. Well, isn't isn't that you know another thing about storytelling that is good that you can actually play with these sort of well, ideals? Well, and- yeah, but it depends how- I feel like it's breaking on internal consistency a bit. I do very much like the idea of investigating someone who dies Too early. before they're supposed to. Yeah. But I think maybe it's more- Less, less of the antagonist is able to steal the time, but more the, the antagonist has th- worked out a way of, of actually- Of hacking them or something. Like, they've discovered something about them where they can- Make you know, make them not work as well. You know, make it look like someone's got a ton of time, but they actually don't. And it's you know to help at like their alibis or into a a false sense of security. Dangerous, yeah, exactly, yeah. It's that sort of thing. So yeah, because there could be some interesting subtleties there around like you can't just shift it all of a sudden. Like you kind of it has to almost be a bit of a long con where every uh you know every week you're taking a little bit off of theirs so it, so like you're slowing it down a bit basically mm-hmm. because and then because then there's some interesting things like that person who's doing this still doesn't necessarily know exactly when they're going to die unless they've managed to really do some tight measurements on them before they started messing with it um but they know that they're scheduled that they're going to die sooner than that person thinks they are <laughs> yeah and just so happens that they're the cause of their death, so therefore, you know, right, right, yeah, yeah, it's by well, their hand, sort of thing. Yeah, well, that's an interesting thing too. Uh, yeah, I really like this idea. We've talked about it for a long time without really actually talking about a game uh, or a story, just the world building, which is which is fine. But there's a lot of cool stuff you could do there because, yeah, like if if you want to murder someone and you look at their wrist and see that they've got you know quite a long time left. 
Although what's interesting is it only it, it depends on when they put it on, right? Exactly. Because it's a it's basically a time time left since the beginning of the recording. So exactly. You know, some people some people really, you know, are so into it that they put them on their kids as babies. Um and so their recording moves pretty slowly because well, hopefully, because they're going to have a long life. But someone who doesn't put theirs on until they're 50, even if they're also going to li- live till, you know, 100 like that kid, theirs is going to fill up twice as fast. Exactly. And that- that's why I really like about it, the fact that, you know, you could actually have, you know, that sort of guy who goes, oh, I've been putting this off for years, and he puts it on and <laughs> gets hit by a bus. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, you know, the question can start coming that, do you really want to know and- yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, and they, there's whole factions then who are just like completely against it and, and railing against it because you shouldn't know and it's playing God. And yeah. So, what, uh, what sort of aspect would you like it from? Obviously, you're you're the investigator, but what sort of? Well, look. Interestingly, a, a first person could be interesting, mm-hmm. just because you're kind of a bit closer down then, and you and you're able to easily look at your own wrist, look at other people's wrists. And get a sense for how this world would be. <laughs> now, I'm going to ask this in the nicest way possible. Pancake or VR? <laughs> Pancake? Is that the term for, like, flat games? For now? flat 2D games, yep. <laughs> you know, 3D uh, from Look, the- I don't think VR is necessary. I definitely like, you know, it could be quite interesting. Again, because I think- I think it really comes down to having that perspective on being able to see all the time- these things on people's wrists. And like you said, if we go for the like desaturated or completely black and white, except for either when you see one of these things on someone's wrist or when you're experiencing some of the memories, some of the feelings from one of them, then it's going to make it really obvious when somebody doesn't have one of these or, or like how much, you know, how much their wrist is glowing, the more that person's wrist is visible and colorful, the closer they are, the likely the, likely the closer they are to death, right? Oh, yeah, that too. <laughs> because it's fi- it's filled up more. Um, I do like the idea that once you once it's on, though, you can't take it off. Yeah, no, no. I think, and think until someone dies, you can't take it off. Yeah. Again, there are ways to kind of record it and ways to sort of get some, some um, knowledge could, out of it. It could be but- actually good to actually, um, you know, sort of go through- I remember one of the Star Trek episodes sort of talked about this, about a sort of society that- embraced death to a mm. point of, of like when, when they knew that their time had come, they, all the family would get together and it was sort of like a big ceremony sort of thing about them going into death. I, I like the idea of this, this sort of place um, has sort of transitioned into, into this, that, okay, you know, that this person's dying. Well, let's celebrate with them knowing that. Yeah. Let's spend time with them now knowing that it's coming soon. Um, and again, you don't know the exact point. Uh, you know, I, th- I feel like you can you can pay a bunch of money to get your recording rate analyzed, where they literally, you know, you they have to put a device over it for a week to measure how far along it is, yeah. um, and how fast it's filling up based on, you know, and uh, that, and even then it's still not completely accurate because depending on when you put it on, yeah, well, and, need- and I guess that's why they have to do it over a period of time, right? Yeah. Um, they can kind of they can then predict, all right, when is it going to fill up? you know, down to the day or the hour. But of course that's that's a week of time if you don't know the day and hour that you that you first had to put on. 
Yeah, if you do know, if you do know that, then it's maybe a bit more. You know, you can do it a bit faster. Um, you can kind of see how far along it is now and just get that ratio. But um, oh, you you could put you could put some wrinkles in there too. Uh, that this might be taking it too far, and we've talked about it for a long time. But I was going to say maybe certain emotions record slower or faster or are like denser, which would really mess with it because it wouldn't just be a a, a linear filling up. And so that that could make sense then that you need to wear it for a while because they have to actually get a sense for the sort of statistical model of your emotions over a period of time. Uh, it's like, oh, you're generally angry, you know, five f- percent uh, of the time, and and pretty joyful twenty percent of the time, and just kind of neutral, you know, this this percent of the time. And so that means, you know, if that continues, if those ratios continue, then this is around the time you'll die. Yeah. But it could, but who knows? Like something could change later in life, and you're going to be sad ninety five percent of the time, which which you know records slower, and thus you're actually going to live longer than they think. Yeah, that may be a little bit too much, given that you you sort of want this criminal <laughs> element to um to sort of not um ha- maybe have like a a savant sort of thing uh, sort of guy that can basically look and go, yep, they've got this this amount of time left. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I, I kind of do like the complexity that that brings into it and some of the ambiguity. But, you know, yeah. uh, it, either way, it's- It's cool. That's a really interesting world building thing and you could really write a cool game in that. Yeah. Cool. Three to one click. All right. I'm glad we did find one we could sink our teeth into. Yeah, that was awesome. Shifting. Boiling. What was yours? Shifting. Shifting Boiling. Have there been any like real in-depth VR cooking games? Um, not that I know of. It seems like it should be something that got done. You'd think, like, again, just as I talk about a lot, that physicality of VR works really well for standing in one place, chopping, but ha- having a bit of you know having a bit of um, room scale, but having to manage. You know, obviously, this is coming from boiling. Like, you've got water boiling over here, and yeah, you're having to chop stuff over here. You're having to mix stuff over here. You got to get it in there at the right time. You're shifting things around. You know, it's basically Overcooked Three. Yeah, Overcooked Three VR edition. I think we we did do a did I think we did a game where you were a, uh, a Benihana chef or whatever. Yes, which, um, which where you were I really- did that without you because you were in Canada at the time, about a year ago. No, I'm sure. I, I'm sure I was on that one. No, you weren't. <laughs> really? Yep. But I remember talking about like the slow motion and stuff. Maybe I just remember listening to you it. You remember listening to it because it was also melded in with um, um, a guy sort of dealing with knives and shoplifting and all this other sort of stuff as well. I feel like I don't believe you. <laughs> I shall go back and I shall find it. No, no, you're right. You're right. It was with Sammy. Yep. Okay. Fine. Thought so. Thank you, Podchaser, for making that easy to search for. <laughs> we'll probably cut out all that out anyway. Um, yeah, no, I, I kind of like the idea of, of a, a relatively detailed cooking game. Uh, and it could be, you know, maybe it's because it's the, they're so popular. Maybe it's around like a, a reality TV show. It's not just you cooking in your kitchen. It's you have some goals and you're competing against other people. To create, you know, you've got your different ingredients or whatever, and and having to follow recipes uh, and getting scored based on them. I feel like that could be that could yeah, be kind and of. Yeah, I, I like the idea of it. Like it can judge you on how well you cut the um cut the vegetables. 
Yeah, look, you could do that. You could do that relatively accurately, right? I really like the idea. You don't, that you don't have a surface that you're cutting against, but you've got the sort of up down movement. But, but the reason up. why you can't actually um, like feel anything is because I like the idea that all the all the knives in this in this world are like lightsabers, <laughs> like tiny little <laughs> right. lightsabers. That <laughs> just- I, I thought you were going to say you can't feel anything. Uh, like the way that we bring the VR, the fact that you can't feel anything in VR in, is it that in this reality TV show, you're cooking after they've given you, like, Novocaine in your arms? <laughs> <laughs> and so that's actually the challenge. It's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you could do it that way, and then you could actually, you know, be- <laughs> One of my favourite things is sliding, sliding, you know, a blade underneath some food and then being able to stick it into the pot and that sort of stuff. You can't yeah. really do that with a lightsaber. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, maybe, maybe they're just like really super expensive, super, light, super, super sharp, sharp knives. Um, maybe there's mini games where you're like showing them, you're selling them, cutting shoes and tomatoes and things. <laughs> you're doing an infomercial. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that brings in some of the other sorts of things we've talked about before. Like, you know, we had the but- the butchery game, but you know, being able to fillet a fish or cut some butterfly a chicken breast or something as part of this, and, and really getting the the skill down right for that could be could be really cool. Yeah, sounds good. And then, yeah, particularly in VR, it'd be interesting to have the whole game show thing um, going on as well. Hmm, that's cool. Hmm, cool. Three to one click. Cool. All right, I've got time for one more. Hydrogen. <laughs> leisure. Ooh, hydrogen leisure. So, are you on a blimp? What, like the Hindenburg or something like that? <laughs> that was a hydrogen blimp. Uh, was it technically a blimp? I don't know. Dirigible of some kind. It could be said on the Hindenburg. It could be. This is actually the true story. and This is the true story of the Hindenburg. This is What how- really happened? Yeah. So it was a okay. It's an alien attack, and okay. you're on you're on this um you're on this blimp, and you notice that all like the oh what's it called like the ushers and that sort of stuff they're all acting a little bit weird, and it's sort of like invasion of the body snatchers sort of sort of thing. So you you and a, a few other pas- passengers sort of try to like take over the blimp and. And mm. not not allow these um, aliens to make it down to Earth. Or you could play one of the body snatchers. Or you can play what? You could play as one of the body snatchers. Yep. And you are trying to infiltrate Earth. And for whatever reason, you've chosen this- uh, Very, this- very slow moving- <laughs> Well, there's something- Yeah, there's for some reason- this blimp has is a prime, you know. Maybe it's just incidental that uh, you landed on this on the Hindenburg uh, and and took over someone's body, and now you you have to. So the goal is to basically slowly take over the rest of the um, the guests and the crew, mm-hmm. and you know you, you get different. Like I, I kind of just like the idea of it playing out on a in a relatively limited space. With a limited amount of people, but yeah, the, the fact that you know what's coming in a sense um, that that eventually this thing is going to explode and crash to the ground. 
uh, could sort of have, have an interesting impact. Yeah, I, I kind of like the idea that, you know, you're trying to do almost like a reverse murder on the Orient Express. Hmm. So mm. you're the murderer trying to trying to not get caught. Yeah, yeah. As it were. And yeah, look, and you could just you could have some interesting gameplay around convincing people there's almost it's sort of I guess picturing almost a bit of a hitman kind of thing or uh I don't know, do you do it as or maybe like a resource management, almost a bit like a even <laughs> like a Pikmin <laughs> where you're kind of <laughs> as you take people over, you've got some control over them to kind of Distract people or, you know, bring more people to you to, to, to put your seed into them or whatever you do to snatch their bodies. Yeah, that, that could be kind of interesting. So, what's the wind condition in the game? The wind condition? The wind. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe take o- taking over literally everyone on the ship before it <laughs> catches fire. <laughs> and everyone's killed. I don't know. Maybe you manage to get off. Or maybe you just don't care. Maybe you personally don't care about these people who you're body snatching. They just become your tools. Uh, and and the, the disaster then is the is your escape. Like, that's how you manage to get off without sort of being being seen or, or um, raising suspicion. Okay, there you go. Of the 97 people on board, 36 okay. passengers and 61 crewmen, there were 35 fatalities. Right. Okay, so not everyone died. Yeah. I kind of like that, that, you know, having um, maybe not quite 97 people, although mm. 97 people could be interesting, depending on who you've taken over. But if you, the whole um, thing actually happened when they were trying to, trying to dock in, um, in the United States. Yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe that's it. Like, maybe the part of it is as, as you reach the end of your, of this um, trip as well. You know, because you t- I like I like the idea of the kind of the you know the background changing across the course of the game based on where you are in the world and ha- how far along this this trip you are. I, I like the idea that you take over the pilot, and then you go to um because you've taken over the pilot, and you you're trying to dock and you don't know how to do it. You're actually the cause of the thing because you didn't like you don't retain any of the knowledge of of how <laughs> right. to actually dock it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's interesting. Alrighty. Let's finish it there. So, if you want to find us on the internet, we're on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Instagram. We've been Stormcast on all of those. We have a Facebook group, facebook.com slash groups slash Bitstorm. We have a YouTube channel where you can find our uh, point-click-repeat series and, and maybe some other things soon. And we are also on Podchaser at podchaser.com slash Bitstorm. We're also on Apple Podcasts and iTunes, where you can rate and review and subscribe. We do have a website, www.bitstormcast.com. I'm not sure whether... Did you actually fix up the other one yet? Yeah, it should be fine. Okay, be bitstormcast.com as well. We'd like to plug our friends at the AGPN, the Australasian Gaming Podcast Network. Search for hashtag AGPN on Twitter or the Australasian Gaming Podcast Network for the Facebook page. Finally, we'd like to thank Kuridas for the song Mount Defines off of the album Containment Failure. Yeah, so thanks again for joining us this week on Bitstorm. I'm Ben Slinger. I'm Trevor Scott. Oh, the humanity of the body snatchers coming and t- taking us all. Okay. Okay. <laughs>